Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and friends. And I want to welcome back my truant friend, Michelle Woods, who was playing hooky on us last week, weren't you, girl? I know. I disappeared on you. I'm glad to see you today. We are glad to have you back, my darling. Thank you. Uh, so I understand that you have just had your first milestone of, <laughs> of we got a feedback email that specifically mentioned Michelle in the Michelle Michelle with one L. He Are even you spelled okay? my name right. Are you yeah. okay if we share that before we dive into our topic today? <laughs> yes, I would love that. So a couple of weeks ago, I had jokingly asked for a little pat on the back and I really didn't mean it but of course if someone wanted to write in and say something great I was gonna take it and they did Jeremy wrote in and said something super sweet so can I read his email absolutely you can okay so Jeremy says dear Shannon since my wife and I first met you over 10 years ago at an event in Colorado Springs, you've been a huge source of encouragement to me in my personal walk and desire to become the best husband, father, friend, and man that I can be. And obviously to my wife as well, who was blessed by attending a Women at the Well workshop a few years ago. I was very excited to learn of your new podcast. And I must say that in the last two days of self-quarantine, I'm now fully caught up with the shows. I'm really enjoying them and looking forward to more episodes in the days ahead. P.S. As for this Michelle gal, <laughs> I'm sorry. It just makes me laugh. Michelle gal, I know. Nice work. You seem to have landed yourself a gem as I have really enjoyed the dynamic you two share and everything she's brought to the conversations. Nice work, ladies. Keep up the good work and fighting for what is right. Oh, yeah, I act like I never get a compliment or something, but it was just really sweet because I've never done a podcast. I mean, this is my first rodeo, guys. See, so. you're a natural. You're a natural. And he's already become a binge listener. And I hope that we're developing lots of other binge listeners out there. And I just want to remind everybody that we would love to hear from you, uh, not just the kudos. We want to hear your comments and your yes. questions and your suggestions for other episodes. Most of all, we want to hear about your story. We want to hear if sexual confidence on tap is impacting your life and if not yet how can we impact your right. life again what topic would you like for us to cover so you can email us at on tap at shannonetheridge.com or you can leave us up to a three minute voice message at 32130 on tap again it's 32130 o-n-t-a-p there you go so Michelle, the last episode, uh, I hope that you had a chance to listen in to that conversation that I started with Dr. Reeves that yes. I'm going to finish today. Mm -hmm. Didn't you just find him so compassionate and insightful? Mm, yes. He definitely has a heart for women that have, have been through this. Yeah. I, I just wish that every pastor on the planet could exude that kind of, of healing energy to the people in their congregation. So many mm -hmm. women have told me that they've attempted to talk to their spiritual leaders about their sexual abuse in their past, but that it just felt so awkward or disconnected or um, that he just seemed too busy or just didn't know what to do or say or kind of shuffled her off to another person in the congregation. I'm really hoping that this video series that Dr. Reeves is working on, this fearless series for women, 
will really open up lines of communication. So even if you haven't experienced sexual abuse, I think this is such an important conversation we can have. And I do want to give a word to our listeners that haven't attended your workshops. I have been to multiple workshops, as I've stated before on here, and, you know, brought something back, uh, something different back every single time I attended. But across the board, almost every time I've been to your workshops, there are women there that have been sexually abused. And I'm very thankful that I haven't experienced that. But I don't think you have to experience that firsthand to connect with these uh, women or men that have struggled with this and been through this. And um, so Shannon, I, I know that sexual abuse is part of your past. And why don't you give listeners just a little peek through the window of what happened to you when you were little? Yeah, I realized that the things that I shared with Dr. Reeves for the video content that he was recording, uh, I didn't really mention too much about um, in the podcast. So yeah, I remember when I was like 11 or 12 years old was when it started sixth grade. Wow. Uh, I was still in elementary school, you know, mm -hmm. still carrying a lunchbox type of a thing. Oh. And I remember it started with one of my uncles stroking my thigh as he was driving down the road in his pickup truck, he, he mm. kind of pulled me over toward him and started stroking my thigh and was like, um, how far have you gone with a boy? And mm. how far would you let me go? And mm -hmm. can I touch you here or here? And let's just keep this our little secret because your parents wow. would never understand our special love for each other. Mm -hmm. And I just remember freezing. I felt so awkward because I had never done anything with a boy in the mm -hmm. sixth grade. Um, and I didn't know what to say, but I, you know, I wanted to sound cool and I just kind of played along in this whole thing of your parents would never understand our special love for each other. Mm -hmm. That was one of the lies that I believed. Um, I believed that, well, let me, let me back up for a second before I get into the lie. It wasn't just one uncle. It was three uncles. I had three different uncles pursuing me sexually between the ages of 11 and 15 years old. And it was a pretty relentless pursuit. I actually had a conversation with one of them years later, and he admitted that the three of them had had a bet going on amongst themselves as to which one would get Shannon in bed first. No way. So that just oh tells my you. Gosh. So they knew what they knew, what each, each other was doing. Yes. And I think that they knew just how vulnerable I was because when my sister died, when I was four years old, my dad and my brother just emotionally shut down. So I was really starved for male attention mm -hmm. and affection. So when they started giving it, I actually was thinking that must mean I'm something special. And I liked right. the way that it made me feel. I remember feeling powerful that I could have this effect on them. But I also remember thinking I should not tell my parents or my aunts, I should protect them because I knew, I, I wasn't sure that my parents would believe me or not. I think that's what kept me silent is I was afraid that they wouldn't believe me. Mm -hmm. And then what, how awkward was that going to be? But I distinctly remember thinking if I tell any of my aunts, they are going to open up a can of whoop ass yeah. on, their <laughs> on my uncles. Yeah. And I was afraid for them and what that meant. And, you know, I just, 
at 11 or 12, you don't have the maturity and the assertiveness mm -hmm. skills to be like, you shouldn't be doing that to me. I'm going to tell your wife, I'm going to tell my dad, you know, right. I, again, I just froze and I went along. And I also believed the lie that because I didn't let them have sex with me, that it didn't affect me. But, oh my gosh, all that grooming for those four years just prior to when I was allowed to start dating at 15 years old, no wonder I became sexually active so fast. I really just wanted right. to give my virginity away to anybody that I wasn't related to. Mm. Uh, that sounds awfully hillbilly. Wow. You know, I, I grew up in the <laughs> of Texas. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I wanted, I gave my virginity away to an 18 year old boy that I wasn't biologically related to because I was so afraid that my first experience was going to be one of these three uncles. With your family. Right. Yeah. So I do have a heart for women who have been in that fight, flight, or freeze mode of being put on the spot as a child and touched or groped or flirted with or pressured or whatever. And I could go into detail with all the gory, you know, stuff that they did, but I don't think right. that it's necessary. I think that the women who've experienced anything like it, they know. They mm -hmm. know that sick feeling in your stomach as a little kid and not knowing if you should tell or not and all that. So two words of wisdom that I do want to go ahead while we're together and offer to parents before we dive into part two of this conversation. Number one, I want you to equip your child. Mm -hmm. You know, like if my parents had ever said, if a person ever tries to touch you here or here, or you know what, like you, you need to let us know, right? we'll believe you. Mm-hmm. If they had had that conversation with me before it ever started, it could have had a different outcome. But that leads me to the second point is if your child ever does tell you, believe them. <laughs> right. Don't just blow it off or brush and, it to the side. Yeah. How many women have you heard at workshops say that they tried to tell their parents? Mm, and, yes. Yeah. And they weren't believed and that that scarred them almost as deeply, if not more deeply than the abuse itself. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that people will tune in uh, to both of these episodes. If you didn't catch part one, you might want to catch that one first. I think it's a vital conversation for women to hear, for men to hear, especially men who are married to women who've been sexually abused. I think that it's important for pastors and women's ministry leaders to listen to, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're active in church or not, I still just beg you to please listen to this conversation and learn how you can help someone who's gone through this, because I promise you, you will not go through your life not knowing any woman who's ever been abused. Mm -hmm. I think the statistic is like one in, in three, or, yeah. or I believe it's more like one in two mm -hmm. have been abused in their lifetimes. And so I think it's a really important conversation. So here we go. Part two of my conversation with Dr. James Reeves. The trauma of sexual abuse for a woman in childhood or in adolescence, it doesn't matter, even in adulthood, can have severe implications in her capacity for having a healthy sexual relationship with her husband. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it just almost always in some way affects that relationship. And so if that is not, if that's not healed, as you talk about sexual confidence, how can a woman who has been violated in that way and, and has the wounds and has never experienced healing, how can she ever be sexually confident with her husband? Right. But that's what God created sex for. Mm -hmm. For a husband and wife, as the scripture says, to become one. That's not just spiritual oneness, that's physical oneness. Mm -hmm. And to enjoy the, the, the gift that God gave 
of, of sexual pleasure within the confines of a committed relationship of marriage. So what happens so often is because women, Christian women, are, are still feeling the, the devastation and the pain of their of abuse, they're not able to enter into that kind of free, loving expression with their husband. Mm -hmm. They feel shame because it's her duty, you know, whatever, and the husband is frustrated and Oftentimes, you know, I hear the man side of the thing. I hear men, when men get together talking about it, say, well, my wife hadn't wanted to have sex in the last 10 months. Mm -hmm. And they're in their 30s. I mean, that shouldn't be so. Right. So something's going on there. Mm -hmm. And, and they're, they're both people who love the Lord. They're both people involved in the church. So men are talking about this, but they don't have a clue of why because their wife's never told them. She never told anybody. I was gonna say, he's probably taking it personally. He's taking it very personally. Assuming that she just doesn't like him or doesn't love him or doesn't or she's think just he's a, sexy or attractive. she's just a block of ice. Yeah, she's just frigid. Yeah. yeah, when the reality is is that no, she's just protecting herself. Absolutely. If trust equals lust and her trust was so dinged by a man many years ago, mm -hmm. the chances of her being able to fully trust her husband enough to actually feel sexy feelings toward him are pretty slim. And his view of himself as a man, this is something women don't understand, is severely impacted mm. by his wife's lack of interest in him sexually. Yeah. Uh, a man's sense of manhood, however you want to put it, um, there's a lot of man shaming going on in our world that it's not okay to be a man. Yeah. But I tell you, what will make a man feel like a man is when his wife wants him mm -hmm. and enjoys him and yes mm -hmm. and and pursues him that hey i'm i'm a man mm -hmm. you know but when she doesn't for reasons that are not any fault of her own mm -hmm. he has no idea and so he take he internalizes it sure and there must be something really wrong with me and there's something really wrong with you and maybe we just need to end this thing and i need to go find a woman that that mm -hmm. wants to have sex with me because i'm a pretty good guy mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and so it just gets all wrapped up into all this web of lies and deceptions. And if the church was a place where we could just really talk about that stuff mm -hmm. and where women could say, you know what, I need help mm -hmm. and, and, and not feel like they're going to be shamed or blamed or looked down upon. Uh, and the, the healing grace of Jesus could be expressed in sexuality. What better place? It's, it's created by God. Our sexuality is a gift from our Creator God. Mm -hmm. We ought to be able to talk about this subject easier than any place on the planet. And it's sadly the case that the church is almost the last place it's safe to talk about sexual issues. And that is so unfortunate. So unfortunate. It, it, that grieves me to no end that church is one of the last places that some people feel yeah. comfortable because that's the place where you're supposed to keep your mask on and look like you have it all together. Absolutely. We've got to take those masks. We love to use the hospital gown illustration <laughs> at the church. We use the hospital gown as our mascot. We say we all need to put our hospital gowns on and leave the back untied uh -huh. and just let everybody see what we got. Yeah. You know, because, you know, when you go to the hospital the first couple of days, you know, you tie it over the back and you don't want anybody seeing it. After two or three days, you've been poked and prodded. <laughs> You get up and you just walk down the hall with your butt shining. You don't care. You lose your sense of you, modesty. Yeah, you lose all sense of modesty. I don't care. You, you know, everybody in the hospital has already seen what I got, so you can go ahead and see it. And I love that image. I, you know, if we could just put our hospital gowns on instead of our Armani suits. Yeah. And show up at church on Sunday and realize 
we've all got a butt crack. Okay, we've all got some dark places. Yeah. We've all got some secrets. We all have some, some sickness. We all have some hurts. Mm -hmm. And so let's just put them on, put our gowns on, and let's just talk about it and, and walk with one another. And man, the healing that could, and the glory to Jesus that could happen mm -hmm. in the church if churches can get this. And the Fearless Series for Women, I want to see that happen. This has consumed my life the last year and a half. This Literally. Is, this is what you're calling the video project. Yes, we this just is the did. video project. Okay. So it's called the Fearless Project. The for Fearless women. Series for Women. The Fearless Series. And the subtitle that we're working on is going to be something like Living Beyond Sexual Abuse. Love it. And it's it's going to be a tool mm -hmm. to just get the women together and start the conversation. Mm -hmm. And out of that, many women, our prayer is, will tell their story for the first time to other women mm -hmm. in a small group environment. And out of that, then, we'll be providing longer-term group support for women to really enter into the healing experience if they need it. But if they don't start telling the story, no help is going to ever happen. You've got to have a place where a woman can tell her story, first of all. Right. I see this video series as a tipping point and a, kind of a, a fire starter. You know, it's going to it's going to create conversations that we've long needed to have. I know that for me, it was a personal recovery support group that gave mm -hmm. me that vocabulary right. and that personal experience and getting real with my own sin and sickness and addiction many, many years ago. But gosh, if I could have experienced that in church, yeah, wow. because I had been active in church the whole entire time. I had never fallen away for any great length of time. And so I look back. And thank back God and, for that Christian counselor that was available to you. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just a wonderful thing. But wouldn't it have been wonderful if you could have started this discussion in within the context of the community of faith? Right. And, and that, maybe still access that Christian counselor for help. But sure. if, if the church family could have been that first incubator of healing and and grace to you. Yeah. That's why I started Women at the Well workshops is so I could assemble eight to 10 women who are willing mm -hmm. to put on their hospital gowns right. and get really real about what's in their past and what's holding them back. Now, some people may find it very interesting that I am choosing to do this episode about women who've been sexually abused with a man. <laughs> yeah. I was very That's ironic. <laughs> yeah. I was very strategic about that because I think that women heal and grow exponentially when they accept the fact that not all men are pigs or yeah. abusers or whatever label they've had right. in their head. Because I know that when I have my husband play the role of surrogate bastard at workshops and I give them permission <laughs> yeah. to unleash their wrath yeah. at him and yell at him and he's scream a good, at He's him. a good man to let that happen. Uh-huh. Punch <laughs> pillows, even hit him with the foam sword while he's wearing his suit of armor. Like when I give them permission to do that and they see that he's accepting of mm -hmm. that brutality or torture yeah. or whatever and that he tears up for them. Yeah. And he empathizes with them and he asks really powerful questions and he even offers the apology that they will never get from their wow, abuser. They leave the workshop all of a sudden liberated over the notion that there's not a single man on the planet who's safe. Hmm. And that's what I wanted our listeners to get today from our conversation. I wanted them to hear not just a man 
who's willing to acknowledge that this epidemic of women being sexually abused in our society is of epic proportions yeah. and it has to stop. And I'm even going as far as to spend $50,000 of our church's money <laughs> to create this project, to open up these lines of communication, to help the healing start within the church walls. In addition to that, though, I also wanted people to hear it from a pastor's mouth yeah. because I think a lot of people have been really wounded yeah. by the pastor who was just too busy or too distracted, mm -hmm. too burnout, too stressed to really take the time to focus on the fact that she needed attention. Mm -hmm. She needed affirmation. And so what advice as a pastor and as a man do you have for women who are listening? I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to address the women who have been sexually abused but then I also want you to take an opportunity to address the men who are married to them. But yes. let's start with the women. Well, I think, first of all, women are going to have to take a risk. And that it's a scary thing. If you've been hurt, and I know as a pastor, obviously, I was hurt as a child, but I've also been hurt as a pastor. Mm -hmm. And all pastors fight this thing about encompassing themselves with a shell and not being vulnerable to people because when you in a position You're supposed of leadership, to be on the pedestal oh absolutely and when you get vulnerable with people and you think it's okay eventually sometimes it comes right back around to you mm -hmm. and so many pastors just kind of isolate themselves from people because of that and i fought that my entire life because mm -hmm. i just don't want to be like that but i think all of us that are wounded have a tendency to do that and and when 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 women are wounded i think there's this tendency to just build a shell to try to protect themselves like any wounding, and we have to, at some point, take a risk to take that shell down. Mm -hmm. When I went to Chuck, it was a risk. He was a church member. I baptized him. Okay. <laughs> the old drunk. The old drunk. Chuck the drunk. Yeah, Chuck the drunk. And he became a mentor to me and so many men in our church just because we watched Chuck live this out. But still, I was his pastor. But you weren't too proud to be pastored. I was desperate. By someone who yeah. had gone before you. I was desperate. And, you know, pain is a great motivator. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, we say to people who come to us kind of playing the game, we go, you need to go back out and do your thing more because you're not hurting enough to really want help right now. And we're not wow. going to waste our time. We're <laughs> not going to waste. You're not your... at rock bottom yet. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to waste our time. You're just playing the game. Uh. But when you go out and you lose everything, and the pain's bad enough, come and we're going to walk you through this process. I was desperate, mm. and the pain was bad enough, and God had provided that one guy. So there's got to be a place within for women. Is what I've got to say. Women are going to have to step up. I can produce a video series, but I can't do this ministry. That's why I have a woman on my staff mm -hmm. to do that. A woman has to minister to other women. And so my advice, if you could say advice as a man, is to say, ladies, you're going to have to step up to the plate and take some rest. There's going to have to be some women that become the tip of the spear. So maybe even let your pastor or women's ministry leader know that this is a ministry that you Gotta would happen. like to take the reins on. You That's would right. like to get your hands on the Fearless series. You would like to start Absolutely. these conversations yourself within your church. I hope lots of women hear that calling right now. Yes, and that's what I, I want to give them a tool. And I'll tell you, it's, it is strange that a man is producing this. I've said through this thing, my producer, uh, or my, my videographer has heard me say this, this ought to be a woman doing this. <laughs> this ought to be a woman producing this series. How ironic it is that a man is producing this series. But I think in God's timing and sovereignty, He's kind of prepared me for this. 
because as a child growing up, I watched my alcoholic father beat my mother. Mm. And I stood between them as a five and six year old boy. I clenched my fist and I would stand between he and my, uh, my mother and he never hit me. He never hit me once. He could have. It always kind of eased the tension and, and he would laugh it off and, and it would stop. The beating would stop. But because of that, I've always been an advocate for women. Everybody in my church knows that. Mm. If a couple comes to me, I typically will say, it's going to probably be 90% his fault and 10% hers because men are takers and women are givers mm. in general. And so I've always been an advocate for women, but I never dreamed I'd do something like this. Mm -hmm. And I just think in God's timing, he's kind of prepared me for this. And I honestly believe this is the greatest ministry project, not project, just this is the greatest ministry I've ever done. Mm. I'm 65 years old and 45 years of ministry. I believe this is the most important thing I've ever done. Wow. That says and, a lot because you've I, done a lot of important things. I don't know that I have. Uh, you know, I feel a lot like Moses at the burning bush. Who? Me, Lord? Mm -hmm. You know, who am I? And uh, so, you know. Well, I'm, I will just tell you that out of 20 plus years of speaking at church after church after church, all across the nation, all across the globe, yours is the church that impacted this speaker hmm. the most. Well, and that was God's timing too. That was a divine appointment for both of us <laughs> because I wouldn't be sitting here. I wouldn't have a book published. I wouldn't have been asked to participate in the Conquer Series had I not met Shannon Etheridge, had that, I not invited her to come and speak to our teenagers that night. That's, so, that's synergy yeah, for you. It, well, it is there together. a way for people to pre-order their copy? Well, we're working on the project. website right now. Um, we're going to do a soft release in America in the fall of 2020 with about 10 select churches to do a beta testing. Okay. And then make some minor changes for that. We're going to probably go to a national release the spring, January of 2021. Okay. Our website is fearlessseriesforwomen.com. It's not up yet. We're still building it, working it, but that's where it will be. And uh, we'll have a Facebook thing. So um, I'm hoping and praying that the marketing of this thing is going to get out there enough that churches are going to hear about it. But if women want to, they can remember that, fearlessseriesforwomen.com. Okay. Um, and we, we'll have the website hopefully up sometime this summer. And we will have you back for another conversation about this after the product is totally to. available, just to remind everybody mm -hmm. to get their hands on a copy. Okay, so the last uh, contribution I would like for you to make to this episode is what advice do you have for the man mm -hmm. who is married to a woman okay. who has sexual abuse in her past? Do your best to be compassionate. This is hard because men don't understand the impact that this has on a woman. And get, get educated. Get information. If, you, if your wife is a survivor of sexual abuse, the best thing you can do is to begin to talk to professionals, women who minister in this area, read books, Begin to educate yourself as much as you can from a book about what happens in a woman's heart and in her life and what are the typical things that happen in a woman in marriage, in relationships. Information is power. And when men don't understand, they're just going to, a lot of times they're going to have a 
temptation to go, well, that was when you were six years old. Get over it. And that wasn't me. I didn't do that and to that wasn't you. Me. Why I'm are a you good punishing guy. me? I would never do that to anyone, and, and, and hope most men wouldn't. But he can't connect why it's hard for us. But if he'll educate himself, if he'll maybe even something like watching the Fearless series, hearing women tell this, yes. then this is for men as well as for women to un begin to understand what his wife is struggling as much as a man can. Mm -hmm. We'll never be able to fully connect. Just like a woman will never fully connect with why a man is so visually stimulated. <laughs> it's the way God created us. Mm -hmm. And it is what it is. I, you know, I laughingly say, and you may want to cut this out, the podcast, but we say to men, if you have a penis, you have a problem. I mean, it's just, it is a fact. You're, you're and in we, the Every man's battle series and every woman's battle series, we had talked about writing a book called The Purpose Driven Penis. Yeah. <laughs> we figured Rick Warren would appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, he probably, he probably would laugh. I went to seminary with Rick. I think he would see the humor in that. But it really is the truth. It's just how God has created us, that we are visually, very visually stimulated. And women just can't understand. Why would my husband be want to look at that woman walking down the street? Look at me. I, I'm satisfied his needs. He doesn't want to. But if he gives in, he can do it very easy. And the same way, men don't understand how deeply violation of her sexually wounds her. Mm. It, it, we just don't get it. We can't understand it. And so we have to try to educate ourselves as much as we possibly can. Yeah. One of the things we do with the wives of, of uh, recovering sex addicts is we try to educate her. As much as, she can, as a woman can understand this, we try to educate her so that she can understand a little bit of the struggle to this and not husband. take it so personally and not take it personally not mm -hmm. turn it internally upon herself if i was just more more willing if i looked better or if i, or if I lost 15 pounds it has nothing to do with any of that right nothing to do with that and in the same way when a wife has been sexually abused it has nothing to do with her desire for her husband nothing about him it's usually about self-protection it's absolutely and we but we self-internalize mm -hmm. and it destroys so getting educated about this stuff i think is the greatest thing men can do excellent so i understand that you guys have a facebook page and a trailer that people can watch already. yes we do yes we do we have uh created our my camera filmmaker has created a, a wonderful trailer uh, about two and a half minutes long and it's on, up on youtube and so we will give a link uh, with the podcast. Yep, I'll where, include that link on okay, the page. And where women can go and see that and uh, get an idea of the quality of the videography, the quality of the women that we're interviewing all over the country, women who are survivors, and many of them, almost all of them, in fact, every one of them is in ministry now helping other women. Mm -hmm. So they have a story, but they also have knowledge of giving it away. So. Uh, Maybe that will just pique some interest, and, and I think the trailer is very well done, and it kind of communicates what we're doing. I agree. When I saw the trailer, I was like, woohoo, I'm so excited yeah. to get to be a part of this series, and thank you for making the 900-mile yeah. one-way yeah. trek to well, you know, Richmond, funny, Kentucky Shannon, to do this I, videotaping the, and podcasting. When I made the commitment to do this, you were the first one that I called to say I need to interview, and as interesting as it is, you're the last interview we're doing. <laughs> And because of the virus, you were not able to fly to Fort Worth. So, yes, we didn't hesitate. We drove the 900-mile trip to do this, and it was worth every mile of it. Well, I am just honored to sow seeds into the lives of women who maybe haven't heard from anyone yet that they are worth time and attention That's and right. focus. And that 
their dignity and, and their value uh, is, is important and that healing is possible. Absolutely. So thank you for taking the time, Dr. Reeves. Thank you for uh, allowing me to do this while we're here for the video. Oh my gosh, Shannon. I, I just, uh, I love, I love the work that we're doing on our podcast and the things we're able to talk about and, and say, and, um, I, I just feel like it's revolutionary. I hope it's healing. And I, I have friends that were talking about just how, you know, they listen and they're like, y'all are talking about things that we, we want to talk about, but we're afraid to, or we don't have anybody to talk to um, that will dive deep into these topics with us. So I'm so grateful for, for what we're able to do. Um, I'm just thankful for guests like Dr. James Reeves yeah. who are willing to go deep in these kind of topics with us. Yep. And I'm thankful for a co-host who knows how to go deep. You don't just vocal <laughs> girl, you, you dive deep with us. And oh. I'm sorry that I had to conduct that interview without you altogether. I would have loved to have you chime in. It's okay. I'll uh, let it slide one time. <laughs> just I had, this one. Capture the content while the capturing was good. <laughs> uh, but we just want to again remind you we would love to hear from you. You can email us at ontap at shannonethridge.com or leave us up to a three minute voicemail message at 32130 on tap. So, Michelle, I look forward to diving into a whole new topic with you next week. Who knows what we'll come up with, right? I, know, I don't even know. You haven't told me. I don't even know either. You should probably <laughs> have your people call mine. Let me know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to let the listeners try to lead from here on out. I, oh. I, I if, you know what? The first dozen episodes, I kind of led it down the path that I thought would be yeah. helpful. I think from here on out, we're going to, we're going to do shows in accordance with what our audience tells us they need. Well, so cool. That's yeah. awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. So let us hear from <laughs> you. All right. As always, we thank you for tuning in and we love you for listening. And we thank you for tapping on us. 